0: This is Sammy Pierre Duguay from Goatwhore, ex Crowbar, x Acid Bath, Ritual Killer, as well. And you're listening to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Doctor Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So, enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, bam, bam! Dilly D.
2: All right, it's me, Dr. Fucking with me as always is. Oh, yeah, the yeah, Antolay Alcoholic and Wadley. Rocking the joint. And who do yes, we have
1: sir. with us, Ian? Oh, a very special guest today. Nitroglycerin himself, Mr. Michael Gladmeyer, has joined us tonight. Hey
0: guys, I'm only here because Lars Ulrich is scared to podcast with you guys.
2: (laughs) No, you're
1: only here because you paid.
0: Well, that too.
2: (laughs) Awesome. And I also want to say, just to show proof that you can really win on the Dr. Fuck Show Nitro, uh, the last time I was having that double shot giveaway, how many times did you win, dude?
0: Three times. I I was a man.
2: Dude, three times because the way I do it is I play a I play a song from a band. So you got to guess the next song I play from that band. Nitro got it three fucking times.
1: Wow, your show must be predictable. No, 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 right?
2: You, you hard <laughs> it ones, was random. It, it was I. I didn't like some. Some of them were easy, but most of them were hard. And I think Nitro, you got all the hard ones.
0: I got um the hardest one I think you said was. The Wasp. Uh, what it's? Uh, what was that song of the first album? It's the second half. I th- oh, I think Tor, I remember it's your favorite, Tormentor. You're go. I can't believe you got Tormentor. I'm like, oh, I believe you said it's your favorite one.
2: Uh, yeah, it probably is. Uh, but yeah, but uh, we're talking about fucking Megadeth this week. Yes, sir. 1990. I know this shit because 1990 was a very interesting year for metal because all these bands, well, the exception of Megadeth. That were kind of shitty. That like came out with great albums in 1990. Uh, I remember uh, Painkiller being one of them. It's been a while since Jesus Priest released a good album. I was like, whoa! And uh, and this one, this one was a fucking head ripper. Rust and Peace. Oh my god! Spoiler alert. I like this album. <laughs> um, I don't recall when I bought it though. But I did. I know I bought this shit. Upon release because MTV showed holy war before the album came out and at the time I Saw it. I said to myself. This is the greatest Megadeth song I ever heard Now I say no, you know last words Black Friday, you know Rattlehead are my favorite Megadeth song But actually I'm lying to myself, but I'll get into that when I praise holy war But man, what a fucking comeback. I mean I'm not the biggest hater of so far. So good. So what I do like it I was just wasn't too crazy about side one except for the uh, you know set the world on fire is pretty cool But um side two I liked a lot But it was such a downgrade from the two before it where rust and peace was just like motherfucker we got something to prove here and prove it they did and uh, What a what a great great album anyway, uh, that's, that's, my, that's not my deal. How about you, Nitro?
0: Uh, I actually got this. the fir- This was actually the first Megadeth album I got. I actually got this in a CD trade when I was probably like 10 with a friend of mine. I think I had like a Nirvana album and I was kind of getting into metal around 8, 9, 10. Uh, and I traded like Nevermind for this album and a, a vulgar display of power. And when I got home and listened to these albums, I was like, oh, I ripped this kid off, but... I remember the first time I heard I could not believe, because I was into Metallica before Megadeth. Uh, Metallica was the biggest heavy band I was into at that time when I was very, very young. But when I heard this, I was like, I I, I really just couldn't, like, I could, it just couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was so different. Dave's vocals were so different. I mean, uh, going back to your point, you know, after, you know, becoming a huge fan of this band, the... So far, So Good, So What is a little bit of a lull between how insane P-cells in this album, I think, are musically. Like, So Far, So Good, So What is is good in spots. It's okay, but it doesn't compare to these two albums. So um, this is a very special album to me. This is an album I would put on the Mount Rushmore of Thrash with a rain and blood master of puppets. This is This is one of Thrash's most defining moments, for sure, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, well said, there, Nitro. How about you? In what's your fa- what's the name again? Bill Wang. Bill Wang. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: I remember it, it was March seventh uh, at six thirty p.m. No, um, uh, uh, I was, was fucking a girl, uh, and she <laughs> liked it, uh, whether she knew it or not. Um, Now, this is an album that I did not buy when it came out, and I don't know why, other than sometimes there's albums that you just pass up, and, you know, I first got into Megadeth with uh, uh, Peace Cells, and then I got So Far So Good So What, and that was one of those that when it first came out, I played the shit out of it, man. played the shit out for like a couple of months, and then I moved on to something else. Uh, so when this came out, uh, of course I loved Holy Wars, but my best friend who like, we were inseparable he bought it and it was one of those, like, I didn't even need to buy it because I was always with him and he had it and I would hear it, you know, but around 90, man, uh, that's when I discovered Pantera and it was all about Pantera, man. And that's, you know, it was Pantera kiss and Van Halen, Black Sabbath, uh, you, you know, that, uh, you know, and, and I just, I never bought this, because always if I wanted to hear it, my buddy had it on CD. I didn't actually get this and listen to it in its entirety, I would say to the late 90s. And I know that sounds like a sacrilege, you know, and it, and I feel bad now even saying that, but that's what it was. Uh, but, man, what a fucking album. Spoiler alert. Uh, but, yeah, just a weird history with this one, for whatever reason, I just moved, and I think the reason I didn't buy it right away when it came out, even though I liked you know, the first song that I heard, was because of how I was with So Far, So Good, So What. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, eh, yeah, I didn't go back to it. So when it first came out, I was like, ah, it'll probably be like So Far, So Good, So What. You know, I like a song, and then I'll get tired of that, and I won't listen to it. Uh, but, you know, as time went on, you know, I had even more of an appreciation for So Far, So Good, So What, and, uh, and their whole catalog. But uh, now it's to me, uh, you know, I hold it in the same esteem that I think both of you do. We'll see when we go song for song. But uh, I think it's a very solid album. I, I do believe it is the best sounding album that Megadeth ever put out. I think it's by far the best produced. And I'll get into a little controversy later on the production of this. But uh, to me, and not my favorite Megadeth, but. Uh, the, definitely the best sound.
0: So there you go. To Ian's point, I think Bang Tango came out with that album this year. So I
1: yeah, think yeah. And I first, was, I was right? like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> no. I never bought a Bang Tango album. God damn it! I just love that one song. God damn it! But it is a great song. All right, all right,
2: all right. now right. why don't you take
1: track one? Holy War. So
0: oh, yeah. this song is such an epic, uh, it's a two part song. Essentially. The first part of the song is, uh, lyrically about, uh, Dave Mustang really just kind of not knowing what he's doing. The cause. Uh, yep, For the cause. Absolutely. Uh, and then he, you know, caused a riot in Ireland. Second half, the song and that tempo change with that sitar is amazing. Going into the lyrics with the Punisher. I mean, this song is one of the best trash songs you will ever hear. The musicality on this song is unbelievable, and the fact that Dave can sing while playing these riffs—it's uh, just unbelievable to me. Uh, real quick about this album, Dave, both Dave and Dave, um, and I met uh, Junior recently, and they were, and he was telling me that. When they wrote this album, those two guys thought it was gonna be the end of Megadeth. After so far so good, though, they were in such bad shape. They're like, they were completely broke in debt, and they're like, we're just gonna throw shit at the wall, and we're just gonna write the album we wanna write, and hopefully it works. And fucking hey, did it ever work? But this song is an ultimate classic. No burnout on this song. Dave's vo- this is my favorite uh, album with Dave's vocals there. They're nasally, but I love it. They're high, and they're just so full of piss and vinegar. I mean, just an undisputed classic song right here. goes up against any other band's best song, I would say. It's it's a fantastic track.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm done bullshitting myself. This is the greatest Megadeth song ever. Um, I thought it when I first heard it, and, you know, then I went into the whole, no, you know, I want to be, you know, I want to, like, uh, talk about some deep tracks like "My Last Words" and "Black Friday" as the best songs, which they are fucking amazing songs. And I'll still stick with saying those are the best songs on that album, along with the Conjuring and and, and every other song. But this song has everything, everything you, you I love about Megadeth: the the technical part, the, that solo, that part where. It goes that little fucking spiky oh, noise he does. Yeah, you know
0: what he's doing there is, you know, it's it's a it's like a like a Steve Harris type of triplet thing, but he's actually doing what Dime would do a lot and just kind of like pick scrape a uh, harmonic there. It's so it's heavy, but it's not it it's not you know crunchy. It just it's frantic almost.
2: You know, th- th- there's a couple times. I saw Megadeth more than once where they they would open with uh, Holy Wars and at the end of the show they would repeat that section of the song at the end of the show.
0: The, I saw them on that Rest in Peace reunion tour and they did that when they did the whole album. That's how they ended the whole like after the last track. That's what they did. Yeah, they brought that. Whole, it, wow. Was it, uh, it,
1: I saw that tour too and they ended it with Crush
0: him Then I was like, oh.
1: That sucks. Well, they when I million. saw it, they did
0: the Rust in Peace album right up front, and then they did, like, four or five, you know, like Ian's Favorite Trust and all those songs after that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw them when they did World Needs a Hero in its entirety. I wanted my money back. Are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, wait, 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 wait,
0: Ian, I saw that tour. They played a lot of songs off that album, but they didn't play that whole album. Are you on your mind?
2: I'm kidding. I was getting. about to say, what the... <laughs> Another me in the morning. <laughs> but uh, oh man, what, you know, so epic. I love Dave's voice. I listened to this vinyl today. I have the 180 gram that was not tainted by Dave's Mustaine. Um, and you can uh, get that, yeah, on vinyl, dude. Okay, because that, that I I, I just want to say,
1: you know, I really really wanted to buy this album on vinyl, but I thought you could only get it in the remastered edition. Oh, I sir. didn't think you could. You can get it in, in, in the original. Yep. The original. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm buying this motherfucker. That yeah, okay.
2: sounds so good. Good, because
1: I've got both. I've, oh, I've got it set up on my fucking iTunes. Like all the ones they remastered, I put them into. You know, I make it one album. But it's always like, you know, the first half is the original, second half is the remaster. Did not like the remaster of this album. Uh, and and then I I saw you know I was looking on Amazon to buy this and I thought it was the remaster so I was like well I'm not paying money for that you know well but, the okay, issue well, with
0: it it's not just remastered like it's remixed and redone. yeah like, yeah yeah, only, yeah no no
1: it's horrible it's, it's the horrible. only
0: good one I thought was the P cells because it boosted up a little bit of what Gar was doing and they didn't f with any of the um. Like yeah, overdubs or anything.
1: The, the worst was so far so good. So what? They mastered that out. Oh, I oh would say this God. one because the overdubs. The, this one is. Uh, you think this one is worse? I don't know. I. Yeah. Don't, oh God! But I'm, I. I but really I'm with hated you
0: this though, so far. I love the 2002 "Killing Is My Business" remaster. That sounds. Oh awesome. yes.
1: Yeah. Now, now I just got the brand new the 2018 uh, "Killing Is My Business." That's got all the live tracks. And shit like that, but I haven't listened to it yet, so I can't give you, uh, you know, do I like it as much as the the other remastered? Uh, I have to listen to it, but uh, I'm waiting on my
0: red vinyl to come.
1: Okay, all right, all right. But sorry, sorry to cut you off, Ralph. I just I had no idea that that you could get the original version on, on 180 gram, because I will buy that motherfucker.
2: No, I'm glad you cut me off. I, I I'm kind of boring. But anyway, okay. I'll take the next one. Um, Hangar 18. Well, 18- wait,
1: wait, wait. No, I didn't talk about Holy Wars. <laughs> yeah, but
2: you're kind of boring, too. So, okay. Hangar 18.
1: 18- no, go ahead. <laughs> uh, this is a fucking masterpiece. Holy shit. What a, what a way to start off an album. I mean, I would put this right up there with, like, fucking Hellion Electric Eye is, like, the perfect fucking way to start off an album. This is a masterpiece. Now, would I call it the greatest Megadeth song? No. But goddamn, the top fucking five, for sure. I mean, this is just... Oh, man. Uh, You know, and this is what many consider uh, not myself, but what many consider the classic lineup. I mean, I'll take Chris Poland over Marty Freeman every day. Every day. Uh, But holy shit, did this sound good. Uh, just a masterpiece, man. Uh, what more? What more can you say? I mean, you guys kind of covered up what it's about, uh, lyric wise. You know how awesome it is, music wise. But this is holy shit! Uh, what a rebound too from so far so good so what. Even though I do like that album, this is like this should have been the follow up to Peace Isles. Uh, just absolutely amazing. But Ralph, let me know what you think about Hangar 18.
2: Man, I don't really like this one.
1: <laughs> you called it. I, I
2: did. <laughs> I called it before you got online. I was like, this
1: fucking We Are One loving cocksucker, I think he does not like Hangar 18. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, Ralph, but
0: when oh. we did the Queen's Drake episode, you're like, there's one song in the sound that everyone loves that I hate, and we were trying to guess it before you came back.
2: <laughs> well, um,. Yeah, I don't like it. I, I, I'll tell you what I do like about it. Actually no not like I absolutely love about this song is how Marty Marty and Dave trade fucking solos at the end. Now that part is goddamn phenomenal. But that day oh my god that annoys me. I'm like, oh I hate I hate this song. And then it redeems itself. So I uh, and basically I hate How I hate half of it, and I absolutely adore the second half, You know when they go into that, and they just go back and forth. And I know, very unpopular for me to say it, but I think Dave Mustaine does the better solos.
0: Oh, yeah, they're incredible.
2: Ripping, you know, Marty's doing the tasteful technical shit, where Dave is doing the fucking pissed off, out of control fucking uh, it's my band motherfucker so, solos you know what I mean this
0: make, it, doesn't it make you just wonder like him and James at their pinnacle if they could have stayed together like how great Meta- like even better Metallica could have been because I mean Kirk Hammett can't hold Dave's jock I mean let's just be uh, I like Kirk solos and stuff but I mean Dave is just a player on a whole nother level oh, than him
2: he <laughs> destroys fucking uh, he destroys Hammett badly and I'm not a Hammett hater but,
0: neither am I, neither am I.
2: But fucking Dave Mustaine and, and this song, man, is one you know some of his greatest solos are in this song I don't like. So you guys were half right that I don't like this song, uh. but this cocksuckin' we are one loving faggot uh. loves the second half.
0: <laughs> this is the real episode, I love it. Uh. Alright, what do you think, Mike? So the part that Ralph hates na the dan na I don't know if you guys know this, but that's the actual chord progression that Dave wrote that's in Call of Cthulhu in the very beginning, instead of just being, you know, he's just playing it like a tremolo instead of it, that da na 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 It's the same chord progression that he used, so, um...
1: I knew that, but I didn't want to say it, because it sound like a nerd.
0: Did you really? You're a liar. I had no idea. <laughs> uh... I I mean, this song's great. The lyrics of the song are really, really cool. I felt Dave really. I've always thought Dave was a really good lyricist, but this album, I think he took it up a notch. Like this album is just so incredible. And the when it, this song kind of reminds me of like a Where Eagles Dare. How you have your verses, you know, back to back up front, and then you just got this whole musical section uh, towards the middle and end of the song where. Even though it's just music, there's so many differences in personality in the music, like a we Eagles there, where it just keeps you captivated. And when it just turns on that dime, that da 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 that part is so, that groove is so killer. Uh, David Elfson, I think he's an underrated bass player. He's one of the best bass players in heavy metal. And I, as much as I love Cliff, Cliff was sometimes buried in the mix where Dave... You know, and I think it's part of his style with playing with the pick, always to the forefront. And I, that's the one thing I always loved about Megadeth. That bass and the groove is, is almost like a rhythm guitar sometimes. But Hanger 18, amazing song. And also one of Vinnie Paul's favorite Megadeth songs.
2: Uh, he's in awesome. Hell Yeah, right?
0: Yeah, but he was also in Pantera, okay? <laughs>
1: This again. this would probably be in my top six all-time fucking Megadeth songs. And I, I I don't get what there's let me ask you this, Ralph. Okay. Hangar eighteen or memory remains?
2: Memory remains.
1: No uh, way. Yeah.
2: Really? Yeah. <laughs> Alright. I all mean right. I mean the solos are better on Hangar 18, but as a song. Uh, I love Memory Remains. I don't like Hangar 18. I just don't like All it. Right. I'm Sorry. Hang
1: Hangar 18 or Until It Sleeps.
0: He's gonna pick Until It Sleeps. Until It Sleeps. I knew it. Wait, wait. Here's one. Hangar 18 or Parental Guidance. It's open to both of I mean, you.
2: But 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 here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> you, you're asking me songs you know I like. So of what, course what, 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 I already no, said I... I already said I like Memory Remains. I already said I, uh, Until It Sleeps. How do you expect me to say? I like a song that I already admitted that I hated over songs that I already told you I liked. Well, no, but there, there's songs that I like
1: that I know aren't great songs, but I like them.
2: Yeah, they're not. Those Metallica songs are not great songs, but I like them.
1: You like, but you like those better. Okay, I, I, I'm just. I mean, because there's sometimes. Hey, would we it make
2: mo- sense? Would it make sense to you to, for me to say, "Oh no, Hangar 18 is better than Memory Remains"? But wait, you just said you hated. Hanger eighteen, and you claim to love Metallica. How can you say that? You didn't say you hate.
1: You said there was
2: something. There was things that you hated, and there was things that you liked. Okay. Well, all right. Here's here's my point. The the that part of Hanger eighteen that ends it. If that song was just that, just that part, and instrumental of that, I'll put that over both those Metallica songs easily. easily. Okay. Well, I mean, that that's
1: what I was getting at. Though, is there songs that you know? might not be my favorite but I'll admit okay it's better than something else that I like that, that's all I was asking but now this really blows my mind but I had I had an idea and we never officially talked about it Mm-mm. but but you always alluded to that there was a popular song on this that you didn't like and, and yeah, yeah yeah you said it's yeah, a song yeah yeah, yeah. Well, no. you, you told Here's me a fair for, one. You've, never, you've never said you've never said by name but you will I've heard you talk about holy wars and you alluded to a popular song so I was like, it's, and that's why you know when you were making your shake and I was talking to Mike, I was like, I think it's Hanger 18. And, and he picked another song that I was like, oh, God, you're crazy. Ralph's going to totally love that song. And I hope I'm right, and I think I'm right. But, no, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, like, sometimes, as much as we disagree about shit, there's a lot of shit we agree on. But, you know, there, there's stuff, hey, you, you rag on me about, you know, Bang Tango and parental guidance, you know. So we each have weird views on some shit, but this one, dude, I really man, I really don't get what there is to hate about this because I think this is a perfect
2: It's mainly the opening riff that bothers me.
1: Wow, yeah, and I'm surprised by that because I think that is amazing, And, and, and that shit is why Dave Mustaine, even though like oh my god, does this dude drive me up a fucking wall but there's no denying ...that he is the greatest guitar player in fucking thrash. He, he is a genius. He, oh, I mean, he, he's a, he a nutcase,
2: he, yeah he's, he's
1: a genius. He's a nutcase. I mean, he constantly says some stupid shit. I don't agree with him, you know, politically. But he, here's where I show you, like, the real snowflakes. Because all these real snowflakes... Oh, my God, these fuckers get mad when any band says they don't like Trump. Okay, and here's a guy that hates Obama is probably more pro-Trump and stuff, but you know what? I still love Ted Nugent. I love fucking Dave Mustaine. I will never... Even though I don't agree with them and, and I look at them less as a human being, I'm going by music here. Dave Mustaine, hands down, is the greatest fucking guitar player in all of Thrash, even though I think Megadeth is the least of the big four.
0: See, I fun. would disagree. I think I don't well, even like ugh, Anthrax.
1: I don't even get them. No, that's fine. I get, I, I get that. I get that, dude. I, I love Anthrax. Uh, and I hated their last album, but I, I mean, I give credit where credits due. This to Dave Mustaine to me, hands down, is the greatest guitar player in thrash. Comes up with the best riffs, the best fucking solos. I, I just think if you look at the overall career and, and the albums and the songs, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, God, Megadeth has fucked up so many times. As many highs as they have, they have ten times as many lows. But, I mean, if you look at guitar playing, man, Dave Mustaine, hands down, is the fucking man, the fucking genius. And Hangar 18, I love everything about it. I love, you know, Nick Menza was the inspiration for... Because much like myself, I'm huge into UFOs. I totally, I do not believe in Jesus Christ. I do not believe in God, but I believe in other life forms. (laughs) And and I love this song. I love what it's about. I love the music. And you want to talk about a one, two fucking punch. Holy shit. You start out with Holy Wars and then you go into Hangar 18? Holy fuck, this thing is top loaded.
0: Well, hold on to your dick, because it's about to get better. Oh, it is?
1: All right, well, why don't you take the next song, Take No Prisoners?
0: I mean, you want to talk about an unrelenting start to an album, Holy Wars, Hangar 18, and then this song, which might have one of the fastest famous hang riffs, uh, most pissed off playing, lyrics are great, so like anti-war and like what has the government done for you. This is my favorite Nick Menza album. I mean, his playing is out of his mind. You got Junior doing a killer bass ripping. I mean, this song has got everything you want pissed off lyrics, pissed off guitar, solos, and taking no shit. I mean, this song blew. The first time I heard it, I was just like, I was like Ian at the end of uh, Turbo. I was like, wow. That's my review.
1: yeah uh, awesome what do you think of taking the prisoners ralph
2: fuck yeah man here's another one uh like like holy wars when i heard this one for the first time i was like god damn man this is so good like infiltrate i love that infiltrate them that fucking crazy backing vocals after each vocal line
0: and his back. vocals are so high yeah. in between it. like that
2: get it right i love it love it
0: oh, oh my, my god
2: God, what a great, great, pummeling, thrashy song. I, uh, you know, people, there's so many fucking stupid metalheads out there. Uh, and, and this one actually is a girl. Um, I knew a girl who I actually hate. And, and I've never wished death on anybody, but I hope this girl dies. But yeah. She, but she's not the one. Uh, 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 she was wearing, I was I was at a show, well, it was, at, it was actually a show I was playing. And she showed up. And she's wearing this, this uh, you know, one of those, you know, what are they called? Those battle jackets, you know, with patches. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there was a Megadeth patch on there for, uh, uh Rest in Peace was on there. Okay, and, okay. And this other girl walked up to her going, you know what, man? You should take that Megadeth poser shit off your fucking... And I just stood there with my jaw open going, what? But that's Rust in Peace. I mean, I can understand she's wearing a wrist, you know, patch, but that's Rust in Peace. You know, and, and bitch, you never heard "Take No Prisoners." Oh my God! You know, I mean, this song is—I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I hate the sound of leaders or anything, but fuck, man, how can you like thrash and not like "Take No Prisoners"?
0: You're an idiot. You're you don't like—you don't like thrash if you don't like this song.
2: You
1: know? It's like not liking Hanger 18.
0: This song's more thrashier. <laughs> I And Ralph, wait, wait, wait. Here's a fair question, Ralph. Hanger eighteen, or Andrew Jacob's wife? And I just said that so you play the bump, you play the uh, drop.
1: Well, <laughs> well hey, I, I don't know. I gotta say, it, it, Andrew Jacob's wife is heavier. Ooh, <laughs> well, it, does, I, it, does, it does. It's a little more bottom end.
2: I like Hanger eighteen more than coming through my window. How's the, how do you like those apples?
0: I love it. I love
2: there it. Is. All right. All right. All right. But yeah, what a, what a great song, standout track, probably my favorite when I first heard it. Uh, you know, I was like, man, I think I like this more than Holy Wars back then. But now, nah, I mean, I, there there's actually a song I this is, this is my third favorite, Holy Wars. There's another one coming up that'd be my second favorite. Well, shit, fuck, the whole album. <laughs> no, you know what? I'll have to put this Tied for third favorite, uh, and I'll tell you what my second and third favorite are. They're coming up on the album, but. This, uh, this song, fucking great. Fucking great. And this is like, I have something to prove, you know? Oh, oh yeah. And, and he proved it, man, because everybody points to Rust in Peace as their best album. And, and rightfully so, even though it's not my favorite, but because I'll take Peace Sells over this, but it's fucking great, dude. And, and this song is so good. Such a great example of how amazing this fucking album is. How about you, Ian? Uh, well, I
1: like this song. I don't like it as much as you guys. Uh, there's something... Uh, I, I think it's like the gang vocals always kind of make me giggle. Like the gang vocals are a little kind of Twisted Sister-ish for me. Uh, but it's the music on this that fucking sells it. The fucking, it, it is so fucking heavy. What music is better?
2: This, this music or Hangar 18's music?
1: Oh, I got to say that this song is heavier, but I prefer the music on Hangar 18. Okay, I think you can,
2: I, you can stop goofing on me now. Okay. <laughs>
1: that's, um, that's a tough one because it depends on what you
0: want and what you like. Right, right. Uh. No,
1: no, no. I, I, think, like, I, I think Hangar 18 is a better written song, a better structured song. Uh, you know, and, and like this, you know, I always kind of laugh at the gang vocal, Even though I love it, I, I always kind of chuckle but it's so heavy and that is the saving grace uh, to me with this song because it, it it is like unrelenting and the way it kicks you know, so much and it's a much shorter song than, you know, the previous two you know, fucking Holy Wars like like six, 636, Hanger 18 is 514 this song is 328 but it's so like bam, 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 bam
0: like jackhammer it's Jack blistering Hammer. yeah, oh,
1: oh yeah, yeah and, that, and that's what I'm saying I think like you know, like, lyrically and, and vocal-wise, I don't think it's strong as the first two, but it's so blistering and it's so true to thrash, that saves it for me. And, and, and makes it like, okay, yeah, I don't like it as much as the first two, but I do love it. And I appreciate how fucking heavy it is. You know, especially, you know, uh, compared to uh, So Far So Good So What, and there's, there's some great heavy thrash shit on this, but this is just like, jackhammer, like, you know, we're still the same band that did fucking, you know, Killing Is My Business, and not, I, appreci- I appreciate that. Not
0: only, that. I mean, not only is it so thrashy, but it, it's like the technical notch, too, like this stuff is super technical, played at, like, oh, lightning yeah. speeds, Oh yeah. and, it, and if you think it's crazy on the album, uh, I have the War Chest, which has a show from 1990, when they play this song uh, live, oh, it is so fast. I don't even know how Dave is playing and singing at the same time. It is, and the demos actually just, I don't know if you guys know, we were talking about the remasters, but right. the only saving grace on the remasters is you have Chris Polo and solos right. on right. the demos. Right. Because this that whole album was done with Nick, Dave, and Dave before Marty came in.
1: Right. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I love Take No Prisoners. I just don't like it as much as the first two, but I, I love it and I appreciate how brutal it is. Uh, but I'll, I'll take I'll take the next one and the last song on side one, if you will, uh, and that is Five Magics. This song I I like it, but it is my least favorite on the album. But that's that's not a slam because I don't think there's a bad song on the fucking album. But if I had to pick a least favorite, it would be Five Magics. What do you think, Ralph? Uh,
2: yeah, it is a filler song. Uh, but I don't hate it at all. I mean, I like it more than right. Teen. Uh yeah. But but it's it's a cool tune. Um, not really much more I can say. It is a filler song. It's you know a song they didn't play live on that tour until they did the whole album complete. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I dig it. It's it's a good song to get me through the album. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, this may not be as good as you know what's coming up and most what before it, but. It's a good song But you know I think it was Pretty much Meant as a filler You know Uh, What do you think Nitro
0: So I'm in the minority I absolutely Love this song Uh, That's This side one Is so great Because every song Is so strong And so different From the other Like This is not like As much as Great Rain and Blood is Rain and Blood Has a very specific sound I mean yes The songs are One to two minutes But this You know holy wars hangar 18 taking prisoners and uh five magics it's every song sounds really different i love the two minute bass intro some people think it's a little long i love the build-up and then the that's my favorite part <laughs> and then the, and the junior i mean junior's playing is on full display here if you don't think he's an amazing bass player um and then the whole you know when it, the song really kicks in i love the uh kind of like nerdy lyrics I think they're really good and then they end outro thrash part that riff that Dave just rips I mean Dave is in my opinion the genius of thrash metal he really is I love Five magic's a great deep track an underrated track and if they pulled this song out I would just flip out I really would
1: alright well why don't you flip this motherfucker over and take the first song on side two
0: Poison was the cure. Um, If you want thrash, this is great. I mean, this is thrash for you, except it's super technical. Kind of reminds me of Maiden in the way that the main riff is so all over the place. It's almost like a lead that Dave's playing over and Junior is, as the bass player, playing rhythm guitar. Uh, Super fast lyrics. um, Pretty much about a breakup. I think this song in Tornado are about that Diana girl that he wrote so many songs about. Um, Diana! And also, down, down,
1: down, 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 down.
0: Marty's out. <laughs> and Love to death. I mean, she's on that one. She's the reason behind Trust. Uh, this one, Tornado Souls. Um, but Marty's outro solo is so good. This is almost like one of those Pantera really fast, like, fucking hostile songs in a way, too, Poison Was a Cure. Another underrated deep track um, for who, you know, to that, to Ralph's point, that girl who thinks this is a poser album is a fucking moron. Next.
2: You know, know, Nitro is a lot like Terrence. He can't talk about a band without mentioning, like, Terrence couldn't talk about a band without mentioning Pink Floyd. This This guy can't talk
0: about a band without mentioning native <laughs> well I, that's what it reminds because i feel like juniors on the level of like a steve harris where his bass is at the forefront of a lot of this stuff which a lot of heavy metal bands don't have a bass player that sits so high in the mix or is doing so much
2: well i guess you, know, you never heard things. motley crew uh, the oh. bane of my existence <laughs> oh.
0: Oh. i'm sorry mick watkins if you're listening no,
2: no, this, this is thrash. He's not. Okay. Oh, what are we
1: talking about now? Poisonous cure.
2: Oh, I love this one. This one, this one reminds me of like "Killing's My Business" shit. You know, like it starts off a den, you know, it's kind of like you know it's slow, then it goes into this like rattlehead type riffage. It's off the chart. Yeah, and I will also throw in this in the mix of uh, five magics. You know, it's it's filler but it's a badass. I'll take this one over Five Magic. This is the best filler on the album because after this, fillers are gone.
0: Love it's it, almost, it. Yeah, he's almost like playing like quasi-rhythm slash leads at the same, they're weird. And that's what a lot of these guys say like, you know, um, they're like, Dave's rhythms are almost like leads and they couldn't believe he could sing over them.
2: Exactly, and this song like Black Sabbath is metal. I threw one oh. my favorite band as a reference.
0: I thought you were going to say, like, Ian's not going to like it.
2: No, I don't. Who cares? Who gives a fuck what Ian? <laughs>
1: exactly. Uh, but not to piggyback on what Ralph just said, uh, but he summed it up perfectly. This is not a standout track, but it's fucking awesome. And this is like a thrash Ramon song. It's under three minutes. It serves its purpose. and it doesn't overstay its welcome. But it's just bringing the true, like, brutal thrash. And, uh, you know, I, I see this very much as a sister song to Take No Prisoners. Uh, it's not a standout track. Uh, you know, it, you know, not a single. But it's fucking awesome for what it is. And it just, you know, bam, short, sweet, to the point. It's thrash to the fucking core. Uh, I love it. Even though it's filler, it's one of those... It's killer filler. It's an album track where, you know, when you hear this, and you should listen to this as an album, you should want to hear this, but it's not going to be the first song you go to. I fucking love it. Well, well, I'll take the next one, which is Lucretia. Oh. Oh, my fucking God. This this song and that rip, That rip that starts this out. That is, I mean, that's pure Dave Mustaine genius. That, oh, my God. I mean, just perfect. and shows you I mean, why this guy, oh, my God, what Metallica could have been if he was still in the band. Holy shit. And like you guys were saying, dude, I'm not, I'm not a fucking uh, Kirk hater. But god damn, I mean, this shit makes Kirk sound like fucking C.C. DeVille. Uh, this is just awesome. The, the, the shit he comes up with, the whole song, it's evil. I love it. I mean, it, this is just a perfect fucking track. Oh my god. And, uh, I'll never forget, uh, I think the, the title of the, the home video is called Rusted Pieces. Yep. Yeah, I I had that on VHS. And, uh, you know, it had, like, you know, all the Megadeth videos and shit like that. And I believe they played this on the outro, where they're rolling the credits and everything. And, uh, you know, I bought that, and that's what I like saying. Like, I didn't, even though I knew this album, I didn't buy it when it came out. But every time I hear this, I just think of watching that video over and over to watch it. It was great. Megadeth had some great videos, too, by the way. Really good videos, uh, but o- over the end you would hear Lucretia and just that damn, damn, And I just farted as I did that too. Uh, I mean, it's just oh my when you, god! When you
2: farted, I thought it was right <laughs> Henry.
1: Oh, uh, a, a, a masterpiece, man. And, and that's why I think this album holds up so well is the fucking the writing and the riffs uh my god lucrecia all-time classic what do you think Ralph?
2: oh yeah I, I i love this one um it has uh almost if you're gonna call it like you know like this uh really catchy but yet technical genius type uh structure it's this song right here you know the, the way that dave does that little riff in the beginning and how it just goes into the whole thing. and uh, Man, it's hard to put into words how much what I feel about this song. Uh, When I was listening to this album today, because I haven't heard this album in in a while. Like, you know, I hear the shuffles on my iPod, but Lucretia is one of them I haven't heard in quite a while. And I was like, God damn, is this song good. It's such a great song. It, It almost like it sounded better today than it ever has to me. Yeah. And I've, I've always loved it. I never had a the song. It was always one of my favorites. But again, uh, it's not in my top three. It's B4, I guess, number four. Because there's, there's a tie coming up and my second favorite's coming up. But yeah, I love it. What do you think, Nitro?
0: Well, Hypnosis, Guy's My Head. Yeah, this song is absolutely incredible. And I think uh, before I go into how I feel about it, Ralph, I think it sounds better today because it's so innovative that usually things that are innovative, you like them at the time, but you can't really appreciate how amazing they are. And like years and years later, this song still sounds like no other type of metal thrash song to me. It's so unique. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah,
2: it it, it also has like a a groove to it, you know? There's kind of like a groove going on within all the technical shit, which is so Uh. unique. Well, Which is, I, I I think that's something that's awesome
1: about Dave's writing, because, I mean, he is like the king of thrash, but yet he has the, the, the musicality of the 70s hard rock he grew up on, I mean, even though, you know, he loved UFO, and I'm not a big UFO fan. And you know Malcolm. I mean?
0: And Malcolm Young. Yeah,
1: yeah, and he loved shit like that. So he knew not only how to bring the fucking heaviness, but he also knew how to write a hook. You know, that was so important in 70s hard rock and heavy metal, you know, was that hook that would bring you back. And he does that better than any other thrash guitar player. Not only can he play the best solos with the best hooks, you know, and sometimes, you know, he yeah, he takes a big stinking turd, like, fucking crush him, and, you know, it, you know in my opinion, yeah, take Cryptic Rides and shove that up your ass, too. That's all fucking... That, that's all, you know. That's worse than winger, you know. yeah oh, you're crazy! Come on. But no, dude, that's some sellout shit. You want to, you want to talk about Turbo? That is their fucking Turbo. That's a whole album of parental guidance. Oh,
2: I, 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 like most of it, not all of it. Yeah. I hate, I okay. hate Trust. I hate Almost Human. Dude, is it Almost Human? The name of that No,
0: name? almost, almost honest. Almost I, Human. I, I, yeah. Yeah,
1: a, Human like, my amazing, zombie. Uh, dude, dude, that is their slip slippery with thrash, dude. That oh, that is so thrash, like, oh, thrash, I want to get on radio. Fight
2: freedom, song. The oh, disintegrator voice. Come
1: oh, on, I, disintegrator. I, I'll, I'll
2: take I'll take
1: euthanasia over that album any day. Oh, I, I
0: I would too, but I I don't still,
2: think I would. Mm,
1: I would,
0: you bah, know bah, what? Bah. I, I will. Ralph, you're right. In spots, cryptic writings is way heavier than um, euthanasia.
2: Oh, yeah. It, it's
0: much thrashier. But let's ah. go back to Lucretia real quick before we all start yelling at each other. Because uh, um, really, um, Andrew Jacobs is the real enemy. We all know that. <laughs> yeah. um, Lucretia, to me, is... Lyrically, this reminds me of Dave's probably Merciful Fate influence, like uh, Mary Jane. Uh, yeah. Kind of like trippy, you know, little evil sing songy, you know, old crazy ghost lady. Uh, but this song when I hear this it really rings true and I used to uh, I saw, you know, the behind the music for Megadeth Dave was when he got kicked out of Metallica. So he goes, "I could have sounded just like Metallica." And he's right because he probably he pretty much taught James how to play guitar though in that style. And he goes, "But I didn't want to." And he goes, "Megadeth doesn't sound like anything like Metallica." And he's right. There's no not just metallica any thrash uh band does not have riffs like that's in lucretia here with that really intricate i agree i I mean it's just he is such a genius on the guitar like i could have never have thought like oh a thrash band would have that type of riff in the beginning at first you're probably like what the fuck is this and then it hits it just he's such a mastermind i mean he does say crazy things but i really feel like in you know i kind of understand where you know the guy's always been number two when really he probably should have been number one if he ever stayed in Metallica he would have been revered like um you know like any rhythm guitar player or any you know he'd be like an Angus Young a Malcolm Young uh Rudolph Shanker uh and I kind of I feel for the guy sometimes I'm not gonna lie because you know I try to put myself in that shoes like if I was kicked out of a band that Pretty much, I, you know, I cultivated their sound, and then they became the biggest heavy metal band potentially of all time. I could understand the hate and the uh, the craziness, but I don't know. Yeah. I kind of went off on tangent there.
1: Him, him being number two to Metallica is like the fact that 5150 sold more than Fair Warning. You know, it's not fair, but it's it his, is what it is. Metallica, Metallica took the same easy route, and yeah, Dave Mustaine is a prick, dude. He's a fucking prick. But that's okay. You know why? Because he has the talent to be a prick. You know what? To be and I'll, I'll, I'll give him a pass, dude.
0: I that met him that once. dude's got talent. I met him once, and he was really nice. Yeah, I- I, when,
2: when I met bro. him, I only met him once. He was super nice. But at the same time, the second I met him, Countdown Extinction was number two on the chart, So he had, he had reasons to be nice.
1: Yeah. Goddamn Billy Ray Cyrus... Was it him that kept him? Yeah, it was. It yeah, was, it was, Billy Ray Cyrus that right. kept him from having the, the number one album. And that's another thing that drove him into like another heroin fucking phase. Was, yeah, he never got that number one album because of Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. Achy Breaky Heart.
2: And now who uh, gives a fuck about that album? I bet exactly. sells more now than that did. It does now.
1: Well, I don't know about that. But, uh, I, I mean, of course it's a better song. Well, you know, it, well album, but.
2: it sells better to non-douchebags. How's that?
1: Right. Y'all, you're right about that. You're right but, about that, but Andrew <laughs> Jacob's wife likes it.
0: But in short, Lucretia, amazing song, very similar structure to Hangar eighteen. Uh and the way that you know, Nitro and um not Nitro, what the hell. I'm I'm sorry. Start- See, I'm sorry get drunk. I'm sorry, heavy. that Andrew
2: that, that Jacob's wife thing just hit me like, <laughs> like a minute later. <laughs> I have,
0: with uh actually with nitro jr here i haven't drank in a while so i'm starting to feel it and then i hear ralph laughing i'm all over the place uh but uh that rhythm section between jr and um nick mensa in this song fantastic
1: uh, but and I agree-, I agree with everything you've been saying about jr too because i love jr and and i totally get what you're saying about uh, hey hey man i love uh clip dude clip was amazing but buried, some, buried in the mix, buried. But in those Metallica, mix. Metallica buries every bass player except Robert Trujillo. That's the only guy they they've ever let play no, bass. No, 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 Bob Rock on uh, Saint Anger. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they let Bob Rock play bass too. But no, no, Junior, man, I, I love Junior, and I was very sad when he wasn't in Megadeth. Man, it didn't seem right. Man, to to me, to, to, to me, it was like Steely Dan, dude. It, it's Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. Megadeth is fucking. Yes, you know Dave writes the majority of it, but there's just something about having Junior there, and I've always loved Junior's bass playing and that you could hear him. You Even know. though
0: he doesn't get a ton of songwriting credits,
1: he and Dave but, worked well together. Like uh, what yeah. he brought to the and, band. And, and just the, the sound. Dude, I love fucking Slayer. I love Slayer. I love Tom Mariah. I don't think I've ever heard bass in a goddamn Slayer song. No, he (laughs) might as well be up there just singing. You couldn't tell the difference. Right, right, right. Yeah, but but with Junior, you hear the bass, and and you hear it up front, and and it makes a difference. It adds a bottom to it that is usually missing in thrash, because in thrash, bass is the nine times out of ten is the missing instrument. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a flavor to the Megadeth songs that no other thrash man had because of Junior. Uh, and he talks about it. He goes, the way he att- uh, like, uh, viewed his playing, he goes, I would really, you know, drums and guitars are the main thing in this band. but So I would use my bass, like, you know, filling in cracks or, you know, between bricks. Every once in a while, I'll be a little flashy, but for the most part, I kind of jump in and out of being flashy and you know, creating that solid rhythm section. I, I give the guy credit because that guy can shred if he really wants to. He's an amazing player.
2: Well, well, the thing is, even on this album, I think he's toned down to what you hear on the first two Megadeth albums. He was more all over the fretboard on those albums than he was on Rust in Peace. Rust in Peace, he still does it, but a uh, uh, much more less extent. And, you know, and uh, what what Ian was saying earlier about, oh, I'll well, let Robert Trujillo and, and you, know, you said Bob Rock. And, of course, and I agree with both you guys, but, dude, to tell you the truth, man, go listen to Doomsday for Deceiver. Jason is just as good as both those players, man. Oh, Jason's oh, yeah. great. No, Jason's no, a great yeah. player. No, no, no. I, I'm not, I'm not yeah. discounting what you said, Ian. I'm just saying, man, when uh, you want to talk about killer bass players, oh, yeah, yeah, you're not going to know this about Jason because he didn't really show off. Yeah, no, I'm tamed, just saying it but, with the, the constraints of
1: Metallica. Yeah, yeah,
2: but he showed off on Doomsday. I mean, yeah, we, I, if, need, I need if, to
1: check if, that out. I if you were, out. if
2: somebody would make a fucking isolated bass track to that whole album, it's one fucking kick-ass bass solo. That guy's amazing, you know, but ever since he joined Metallica, he totally changed his style, even afterwards, even with his Voidbox stuff and what I've heard after that. He doesn't do that. Then like like uh, you hear the beginning of Hammerhead. I mean, right in the beginning of the song, when the song kicks in after that bombastic ep- epic intro, <laughs> the guy is fucking phenomenal, you know. And you That's know, why Metallica Meta- yeah. let him do it a little tiny bit on on a, on a Garage Days.
1: yes. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> but you know what though. Oh, uh, that, what Michael Wagner's saying is like his bass playing is great on Injustice for all. You just can't hear it, and like I'd love to hear it.
1: Yeah. Oh no, that, that's probably the the best bass sound news i ever had on Metallica was Garage Days. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because they that's sounded far. like a real band. Yeah, like a bass player. All All right, well, who is gonna take Tornado of Souls?
2: Not me.
0: I'll take it. I all right, well. take it tornado souls great song about diana uh loved how that riff comes to more of the harmonic saves doing there um it's kind of like a quasi thrash traditional metal song and i think we all know this has marty freeman's greatest solo in it i mean in Megadeth. oh,
2: well, you know.
0: oh shit okay okay I uh, love how piss off and venomous these these lyrics are about a woman. Um, again, you could tell Dave wrote this album. He just got clean and they were just, it just, it's so, even though this is kind of like not as heavy as a Take No Prisoners, there's so much piss and vinegar in Dave's vocals on this album. Like Dave's vocals are so underrated I know a lot of people hate his vocals. I think he's he's my favorite thrash singer cuz he's got so much character in his voice, so much anxiety and I love that nasal sound. I don't know. That's just me though. I like a lot of bad things
1: according to Ian. So yes. take it away. Uh I love this track. And it's not only like one of my favorites, it is the favorite in the Jacobs household cuz it's bitching about women. You know, so Andrew Jacobs was like, Yeah, I hate women too. And I thought it was about fa- his wife, though. His yeah, wife. And the, and the fact that it's talking about women makes his old lady's pussy wet. You know? As you heard on a previous episode, Andrew Jacobs' wife joined us for our favorite game show. Is it fish or is it pussy? Um, Ooh, that's a good game. Yeah.
2: What can I. Your Mickey Breaky Heart.
1: But, oh, my God, is this a perfect fucking song. And uh, t- to me, like, oh, my God, when Megadeth tries to break into the mainstream, if they would have stuck more with this and a little bit less crush em, you know, or whatever that fucking horrible Super Collider hole fucking debacle was.
2: I have yet to you know hear I mean? that album.
1: I, I Yeah, I think I've heard like half and I just shut it off. It was so bad. But this to to me, I, I mean, it's a very heavy song. But to me, this is a commercial song that I can see people who don't like Megadeth like. It's just so goddamn catchy, and it's so it it it's catchy and it's appealing without losing its integrity. This is a perfect crossover song. This to me, it's kind of like Anthrax with Only. What uh, was a song like that? That is that is just perfect. That can appeal. To a lot of people without selling out, without being pussy shit, you know. Kinda like it, um one in a way. I mean one's uh,
0: heavier. They're
1: different yeah, styles. Yeah, but. yeah, well one is heavier, but like, you know, Metallica, I mean I mean you know, I I would say right now, this album squats over the black album and takes like a big like a you know, like you ever had one of those concussion grenade shits where like, yeah. oh god, you barely make it to the fucking bathroom? And then, you know you're like, oh fuck! I gotta take my belt off. I gotta sit down, and then it just like, I would comes say this, and then, and then you get a backsplash, and you're like, ooh, that I don't like that. You keep the toilet. Yeah, you know, but but it kind of feels like a bidet because you get that backsplash <laughs> on your ass. This album is shits all over the black album. This album is shits all over. The fucking blackout.
0: I love Injustice for all, but if you're going like fourth album for versus fourth album, this album destroys Injustice for all, in my opinion. Again, I could
1: uh, be wrong. I, I don't know, about, I, I love those both. But I'm, I'm saying they, like there's you know I'm I'm just saying this is a better album than the blackout. Can can we all agree on that at least?
0: Oh yeah, it's uh, not even a
1: question. The real yeah. question
0: should be what's better, Countdown or the Blackout.
1: Yeah, well, that th- those are both very flawed albums in my. I'm st-
2: I'll go with Countdown. Me too. And, I, and I, I'm not the biggest fan of Countdown, but dude, Captive Honor, Skin of My yeah. Teeth. Yeah, what's I, another I, one on there? Yeah, some really good ones. Yeah, on. I
0: love. Uh, this was my life. That's I think that's it's got the Phantom Lord riff in it. Um, and I I know you guys hate it, but I loved Ashes in Your Mouth. Oh yeah, I, I love that does. Song.
2: Oh really, <laughs> Ian, You don't like that one? No, he didn't like uh, it.
0: Wow. Yeah, I because
2: I thought I was the only one that hated that song. Everybody loves that song, but me and Ian. That's you, quite impressive. You brought
0: that up to the review. You're like, oh, this is a song you're going to love, Ian, because I yeah, everyone loves it and I hate it. Everybody
2: loves it. it. Yeah. But, Wait, but no, we got over here.
1: But, I, but I'm just saying, to me, Tornadoes of Soul has very much commercial appeal. And like, you know, this is like what I, what I would like to see. This is way, a way you could reach a larger audience. and and keep your integrity. But it was never, like, until years later, I think this song got the justice it was due. But, you know, it was never released as a single and stuff like that. But years later, everybody always talks about Tornado of Souls. But this is a way to expand thrash to a broader audience, you know? Uh, I absolutely love it. What do you think about it, Ralph?
2: Well, before I talk about this song, I have to bring up the genius of how you said how it shit over the black album but you went the extra mile there Ian with yeah. the whole I have to take my pants down and it comes up yeah. with the with the backsplash Yeah. Oh my god. That was go. that was like you expended on shitting on an album. Yes. Like no other can. Thank you. It's you you're you're a genius, bro. That was very well put, my friend. It's what I you do. You should
0: save that in one of those um, patent. was it, Vinnie Vincent Tupperwares? I mean, that's what I would save. Uh, that's a great,
1: great way to describe that. All right. Uh,
2: I feel sneeze coming
1: on that. A Jew. He just said a Jew. I heard it. Oh, boy, what a racist.
2: A kike! All right, I'm good. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, Right, and, and also, another thing I want to bring up before I talk about this song is uh, all this Metallica talk. Look, you know me. I love assholes that piss off a lot of people, so I'm not saying nothing bad about Lars Ulrich, but here's the deal. If they would have never fired Dave Mustaine, we would never have Megadeth-type music because there's no way Lars could play, like, you know, this shit, you know, like...
0: Um, like- Take no prisoners,
2: or yeah, Gar. Look, look. Nick Menza on a scale one to ten is an eleven.
1: I love Nick Menza.
2: I love Nick Menza. I love him. Uh, Gar goes over eleven. That guy, I'll never forget seeing the P Cells tour where you you see uh, Gar's silhouette in the background because it was a big white wall at the Cameo Theater. And the lights had his back, dude. He looked like an octopus. He was, it was a sight to see. Like, you know how I always talked about Chuck Biscuits,
1: right? Uh, oh, love he Chuck. Was,
2: Chuck Biscuits. Uh, Gar was kind of like the same thing. He was beyond your regular. What Nick Menza was was a perfect killing machine.
1: But Nick Gar- had a lot of groove too because his dad yeah, was, he was a jazz great. guy. No,
2: uh, he was
0: but
1: but, but I, I would say Gar is right there with Dave Lombardo. Different styles, yes. but I'd say as far as importance, Gar is just as important as Dave Lombardo.
0: Gar-, Gar influenced a lot of death metal drummers because he would ghost note a lot of his snare, and that ca- a lot of death metal drummers kind of credit Gar with the blast beat in a way.
2: Yeah. All right, well, now I'll talk, and also Charlie Benante on, on Milk from S.O.D. That's uh, technically what everybody oh, calls the I first l- black I- yeah, the, I love it The first Charlie. black beat, you know, Charlie's, oh my God. You know, I, I, you know, I talk a lot of crap about anthrax, but boy, Charlie, another one of those, probably one, if not the best, like thrash drummer, as far as like the powerhouse that he is. Oh yeah, Charlie's And,
1: yeah.
2: and an amazing guitar player that not a lot of people know.
1: Oh yeah, well he writes it all.
2: Yeah, and, I, and have you seen him do solos? The guy's amazing. Anyway. Burning of Souls is my second favorite song on this album. Oh my God, do I love this one! I think on Nitro, you told me earlier you thought this is one I wouldn't like.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, that was, that was I was just a guess. We that's taking-
2: why. That's why drugs are good, dude. You <laughs> drugs. You will not s- think stupid things like that. Um, oh my God, th- this. I I don't agree with you, Ian, as far as it's uh, it's it's being like you know. Commercially viable to get people that aren't into metal into a song like this? Because I, I think this song is a little too metal for the mainstream. I and Dave's
0: vocals are
1: too kind of. I I, I don't
2: know. I just think I I think it's catchy. I think it kind of stands
1: out, though. I mean, I don't know.
2: Yeah, but you think uh, that because you're too metal, dude? You don't know. You don't know what the main media thinks uh,
1: about. Oh my god! This is the first time Rounds has ever said I'm too metal. I'll take it. I'll take it.
2: I'm just trying to throw comedy in here, bro. Oh, shit. (laughs) No respect, no respect. Dr. Freddie Bubba. You
1: know about Dr. Freddie Bubba.
2: But yeah, oh, man. Yeah, and, and Nitro, I got it right there, Nitro said it perfectly. The best, most essential Marty Freeman solo. And to think this motherfucker walked into this shit already done, you know, and he just came up with that shit. It's like, fuck. It makes me think, motherfucker, you probably had that shit for your next solo. Your, your follow-up to Dragon's Kiss. You know what I mean? Because he was doing instrumental CDs back then. Because that solo is just so well orchestrated. And I really doubt that guy just came in and said, okay, let me write a solo to this and came up with that.
1: Let me I ask think... you guys, though. Uh, Marty Freeman or Chris Paulin? Chris Paulin. Um, sure? It's tough because I think okay, Marty Okay, you lose. Was,
0: you lose. Well, okay. no, 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 no. Just give me a second. I, as far as, like... um. Probably Chris, but Marty was definitely the better rhythm rhythm player in the live performances with Dave. Uh, I and I think Marty. The thing I don't like about Marty is it kind of ushered in this era where Dave started giving up control of the band and letting guys like Marty write stuff that wasn't to make Marty happy. That's why I don't like about Marty. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and, and Marty doesn't like thrash. He just played okay. it for a paycheck.
2: And, and thinks Hendrix Hendrix didn't wasn't a good guitar player, and right. thinks Jimmy uh, Jimmy Page is not good either.
0: You know who he sounds like? He sounds like what something Invey would say.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, but uh, but but I'm uh, but I bet you anything Inve likes Hendrix and, and Page. I'll tell you anything.
1: what I'll take Chris Poland over Inve. Yeah, me too. You I know was... who Inve hates? Kirk Hammett.
2: <laughs> well, you know, you know uh, I'll tell you a funny story. I don't know Eddie if you mentioned. He don't like fucking donuts either. I, I, oh, I remember that. Yeah, I, I, I gotta tell you, I might have brought this up, but my my drummer uh, did a tour, with the last Inve tour. He was the merch guy, so hey, he bro. would hang out. He would hang a lot with with uh, Inve, and Inve would say stuff like, "Hey, you know Vivian Campbell's got a lot of guitars. Too bad he doesn't know how to play them." Which <laughs> I think, which I think is insane, because Vivian Campbell isn't is a holy diver. What the fuck's your problem? Vivian Campbell's godly. Well, anyway, Kurt Hammond, he said... Actually, Inge said, he goes, Kurt Hammond is an award-winning guitar player for the Special Olympics.
1: <laughs> That's, That's funny, he, though.
0: That's he was smart. like... He was praising Metallica and Lars and said, the only guy who doesn't know what they're doing is Kirk. It sounds like he doesn't know how to tune a guitar, essentially.
2: And you, and you know who's the Yeah, funniest? but he could work a wah-wah pedal, though. But you know who's the fun, the funniest <laughs> slam I ever heard on Kurt Hammond was... uh. Oh, what's the guy's name from Winger, the guitar player?
0: Uh, Red Beach.
2: Beach. Oh my, you gotta hear, it's on YouTube, what he says about Kurt Hammett. I mean, he goes off.
0: You know the thing, though, that Kurt Hammett doesn't give credit for is he's a very good rhythm player and a good song, like, he worked well with James writing like, you know, he wrote that really heavy riff in Creeping Death, that die, die I mean, he's not as- I love his solo in Creeping Death. Yeah, I don't think he's a bad guitar player. I don't either. I, he's not as great. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, no, Dave no. Mustaine's genius. He it's comparing him to a guy who can front his own band, write all the songs, yeah. uh, and innovate not only innovate thrash, you know, with Metallica, but then redefine thrash with the sound of Megadeth. I mean, Dave Mustaine is a thrash genius, and if you don't, no matter what you think of him, if you don't agree with that, you're wrong.
1: Right. You're just simply but, wrong. But as far as a guitar player, Kirk Hammett's right there with Dan Spitz. Uh, you know, he's done some good shit, but he's not the innovator that you know he, he's not the lead that fucking uh No that Dave is. You know, you know, he's not the rhythm player that James Yeah or James Scott, is a better guitar. Scott Ian player. is, you know. Scott Ian. You wanna talk about a fucking prick, Scott Ian is an amazing rhythm guitar player, you know. Uh I think he's the weakest out of all the big four.
0: Oh, you're crazy. Oh, he's, Is he better than James? No. Is he better than Dave? No. Is he better than Kerry
1: no, or but Jeff? He, he, no. He's not, he's not the lead guitar
0: player. He's the rhythm guitar no, player. Hey, I, I'm, I'm talking about a rhythm standpoint. He can't keep up with those guys. Oh man, they are crazy dude. I, I may be crazy. Yeah. yeah you know uh, what? Yeah.
2: In my opinion and you know I'm not too big on Scott Ian, but in my opinion he wrote the heaviest riff known to mankind. March of the SOB. Yes. da and and he's, he's such a great heavy solid rhythm mm. player i oh, might yeah. not be big on a lot of things he's done but i yeah. gotta give him credit as a rhythm player he's
0: i don't know awesome. that riff and battery is so fucking ballsy it's fast but it's so heavy i well, don't
2: know. I'll, I'll 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 give you that i'll say james Hetfield's better uh, you know james Hetfield one of the best rhythm players
0: he's the yeah. he's one of the best crunch rhythm players even and, even
2: even mustaine says that
0: yep yeah. John Schaefer's up there, too.
2: Oh, fuck, yeah. John he's crazy.
0: a god on on rhythm. Oof,
2: that guy's... That, that real fast-picking shit he does. Anyway, uh... And, I just, and, I just what, came. Uh, and also, you brought up Dan Spitz, Ian. I think Dan Spitz, if he, if he could write solos like Kurt Hammett, he'd blow away Kurt Hammett, because I think he's technically an amazing guitar player. I just think his solos are very unfocused and just... Oh, let me just yeah. pull his soul. No, but and, I think he's really good. Like, if you listen to the, first, the, the beginning of Stand or Fall from Spread the Disease, no. that guy's great. You know? No, for the
1: record, I, I love Dan Spitz. But I'm just saying, if, if, if you're adding up, if you have to score these people, I love Dan Spitz. I wish Dan Spitz was still in Anthrax, you know. But it, it's just one of those things, like, there's other players that are on a different level. You know, you're in bands that are considered in the same level, but there's other players that are like okay. And and then you wanna talk about some guys who are like, Okay, we're here, it's Dan Spitz and Kirk Hammond, you know, like, Hey, we're here, we can do it, but th- then there's innovators, you know? And and I think Scott Ian's an innovator. I think I think Dave Mustaine's an innovator, James Hetfield's an innovator, you know. And then there's guys that are there. Like, look, look, look at the podcast. There's you. And then you there's know. me. Yeah, you're an innovator. I'm just and just and I'm just here. I'm the Dan Spitz of this show. <laughs> no, I'm the Kirk Hammond. Bitch, you ain't even a C.C. DeVille yeah, here. Yeah,
2: man. What are you
0: <laughs> talking about, bro? Oh, come on. I can't be Kirk?
1: You're no. a blip.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who am I, Pete Best?
1: No, you're, I'm probably not that
0: you're the rhythm
1: guitar player from fucking Day, oh. day.
0: Wait, you know who I am? I'm um, what's his face? Jim Marshall, who filled in for James Heffield when he got his arm broken.
1: Yeah. No, no, and no. no, no. I'm the rally. No. You're, you're Yad yada Gears who can't dance. Yeah. Ooh. Then what do I have? <laughs> Us. You're the, you're the Blair <laughs> Bailey
2: of the rock and metal combat. Oh, movie. ouch. Oh, yeah. okay. It okay. could be worse. I could have said San Diego.
1: Oh, oh.
0: Oh. I thought I thought I thought we were all friends, guys. I don't know. Where <laughs> we are. Hey, wow! Well, this got
2: so bad. You <laughs> thought? Oh, I didn't know you were a little friend? Put All
1: right, all right. The question is delusional. Top ten answers on the board. Survey says. <laughs>
0: Nitro is an idiot. But <laughs> well, we love you. I love. Hey, you, you
2: got three right on the last Doctor Funk show. <laughs> Thumbs up, Russ. Yeah. Huh? Everybody wins on the Dr. Funk show. You're, you're the master of dumb luck. I can do things. I'm <laughs> smart. Not like everybody says. I'm smart. smart.
1: <laughs> it's not the way I wanted it. I think are I'm, the brother. Brother. <laughs> I'm the older brother. <laughs> I think they're Iranian. <laughs> awesome. Nitro. Talk about Dawn Patrol.
0: Oh, I mean, haunting perfect segue into the last song. Uh, It's Junior doing what he does best, coming up with some groovy, sexy bass lines, talking about a nuclear holocaust. Dave doing his creepy vocals. Again, not a lot to say about this, but it's a perfect little breather into Rust in Peace.
2: Yeah, I love Dawn Patrol. Fucking awesome. I love uh, Dave's vocals. It sounds so evil and I love when he does this. He goes. I love when he does this. And the like
0: Dawn Patrol.
2: Our environment was wrecked. Now I can only laugh as I read their epitaph. What a great, great, great. It kind of reminds me of Orgasmatron. A bit, oh, okay. I'm so glad because for some
1: reason, dude, I thought you didn't like this song. I'm so I happy. I
2: love Dawn Patrol, dude. Uh, and, and the last time I saw them, well not the last time, but the time I saw them do the full Rust in Peace song, Vic Rattlehead came out and did that part. They got a guy in Rick Rattlehead nice. and up to the mic and he I don't know, I think, you know, it was a tape behind him, but still right. it was cool to see, you know, Vic Rattlehead in a right. suit like the album cover. Uh, yeah. Talking, you know, doing that part of the song so cool. Yeah, I love Dawn Patrol. It's awesome. Oh. Is this supposed
0: to be like a rat noise or like a mole noise? It's so weird, isn't it?
2: It's so cool, though. It, it, oh. like, it really, is. It really adds to the, the, the vibe of the creepiness.
1: Of the film. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I, I don't know what it is about, but to me, this is like one of the glues that holds this album together because it's so fucking different. And so, and, I mean, and especially like coming towards the end of the album, it is so, dude. That bass line is fucking amazing. So good. It, oh, and I love that. Why wow, nervous? down I mean, I mean, that is again something you don't hear a lot in thrash. The fucking bass. And the way I mean I mean, especially coming from a band that where it's all about Dave Mustaine and his amazing guitar, his solos, his riffs, to have a song that's dominated by the bass is fucking perfect. And I mean it's just and, and and what a great way to break up the album too, because you know, there's all this like thrash awesomeness. And then you just hear this like slow groove that is so fucking awesome, the effects on Mustaine's vocals, what he's saying, uh, I mean, just, th- th- to me, this is kind of a game changer on the album, and it's really what makes this epic, like, if this song wasn't on here, this album would go down a notch.
0: You know, you're right, because I think it's a great segue um, oh, thematically, yeah. oh, and, like, yeah into what the subject matter of the next song is. It's a perfect little it's you know it's like um off of Symbol of Salvation, Half Drawn Bridge. Oh my god, what a perfect like segue song. Um
1: yeah I it's, know. it's it's one of those it's it's not a it's not a thrashy song, but it just it it, it it's a mood setter, you know I mean I, I hearken it back to like almost like a something off of alice cooper welcome to my nightmare just like a little like just a little something thrown in there that mm-hmm. keeps with the evilness of this album and i seriously i cannot imagine this album without this song and i'm always waiting for it you know like oh my god i mean the album is so great but and, and as much as i love tornado souls you know one of the, the best hidden gems on the album as as much as I enjoy that, I'm excited because I know as soon as it's done, it's fucking Dawn Patrol time. <laughs> you know, it's fucking oh when I hear that bass and those yeah. vocals, it's just like oh yes, because it, it's it's setting it up for the final song. And you know, another thing we haven't mentioned is even though this album came out in the CD age, you know the be- you know kind of in the the beginning of the CD age this whole album is only 40 minutes and 44 seconds. And up yeah. to that
2: point, it's the longest negative album. Gone.
0: And actually, Dave talks about that um, when they handed in Countdown. The the record company's like, we need three more songs because of the CD. Like he said, and, that, and that's where Symphony of Destruction came through. It was one of the last songs they wrote.
1: Okay. I, um, I, I didn't know that. But I mean, that, that's the awesomeness about this is that it also harkens back to the golden age of metal where albums... Weren't that long, you know. Just this, tight. Uh, yeah, tight. everything is tight. There's, there's no like, even though there is filler on this album, it's killer filler. You know, it, it it's not. You know, you know, as the albums would go on, mega albums would get longer and longer, more songs, and much more shit. That if you cut it out, you're like, wow, what a strong album that is. You know, but this one, I mean, all the fat is trimmed. This one comes in. And I listened to this album, and no shit. Well, we were supposed to record this, but you kept blowing this off, because you have a family. Uh, You know? But, you know, I listened to this, I already had notes done. I listened to this album seven fucking times today. I'm very proud of you. And, And I was able to do that, because it's 40 minutes, man, but I just kept, like, listening to it all day long. I was like, yes, yes, yes. And every time, man okay tornadoes of souls done here comes the bass you know i'm
0: I'm so fucking happy you said something that just kind of like sparked something in my brain i can't imagine this album without this song it reminds me of a um queen's rake's operation mind crime with like electric requiem uh one minute but it sets the mood going Yeah. yeah oh my god and also talking about like cutting the fat they had a song, the "Go to Hell" song, that could have went on this album. That fucking
1: slays, in my oh, opinion. Oh, I love it, yeah. Oh my god. But no, but no, it, it's perfect just like it is, and it's it's something you can digest in one listen, and and it's, I mean, it's perfect. I mean, I mean, look at shit like fucking rain and blood. Look at Master of Puppets. You know, fucking like eight songs. You know, so and, such and such songs, but. It, Look at, look at the time constraints. You can take it in one, you know, it's like a meal, man. You eat this shit, fuck dessert. This is a, a you know, a, a great meal. You get what you need and it's done. It's not a fucking buffet where like, oh, you put this on your plate, but you don't really eat it. You know, <laughs> I mean, you've done that at a buffet, you know, eyes are bigger than your appetite. You get this shit, but you don't even eat it. Nothing is wasted here. You know, and this is, you know, some people might look at this as an intro or, uh, you know, a lesser song than the others, but to me, it's perfect. Holy shit. So, uh, Ralph, what do you think of the last track? Rust in peace Polaris.
2: This one is tied for my third favorite with Don't Take no- uh, Prisoners. Oh, man, I... I spread disease like a dog.
1: Yes. Oh, oh, God. I love that.
2: Discharge yeah. my payload. Run out of rotten air. I,
0: I always thought he said the N word there in the first listen. Did you guys ever hear that?
2: No, because we're not
0: racist. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you hear what you want to. That's true. Oh, well, I'm not a Republican, so I don't know how that, how yeah. I heard that then. Yeah. Well, anyway.
2: well, and he's racist.
0: Oh, that's true.
2: No, I hate everybody equally.
0: Well, you know what? That's weird because um, I got a message from uh, Justin Childers who's like, that's my favorite song on the album because he thought they said the
1: English. Ninja, <laughs> please. Anyways,
2: you- yeah. Oh, man. And and, and then the, the little drum solo before going into that end part. And even though I'll admit, and it doesn't bother me, and usually shit like this bothers me, Uh the the chorus is repeated so much at the end that usually i don't like that you know like uh you know like i love hook and mouth but you know fighting, R-S-R, that thing it was like you should have shaved that down a little bit this one it's it, it did the same thing it kept repeating you know i spread disease like a dog at the end over and over and over and over again and i was like yeah yeah fuck when they when it stopped i was like fuck, it, do it again Uh, (laughs) Fucking great song, man I love it It's uh, my third favorite And it's just And again It's like that tightness Oh man Fuck yes Fucking great way And this is why this album is so amazing Because they ended it with One of the best songs And tight And awesome And kick ass I love Polaris Fucking
1: great! What do you think? Yes. Oh, fuck yeah! I love it, dude. It's, it, it's like pirate metal. He gets that pirate voice going on. You know, it's like it's a goddamn thrashy uh, sea shanty. <laughs> you know, I love it. And like uh, uh, Nitroglycerin was saying, you know, some people bitch about uh, Mustaine's voice. I love it. Yes, it has character. It has something different that lets you know. You're listening to Megadeth. Besides the amazing guitar work, you know you're listening to Megadeth when you hear that snarl and that voice. (laughs) I just, I don't, I don't, every time I listen to this, you know, I like, I know it's about nuclear war, but I just see a pirate ship thrown over another pirate ship. I'm like, this shit is fucking awesome. And I just love the way that Dawn Patrol leads into it, too. I mean, it's just, it's flawless. Uh,. God damn, I mean, great fucking metal that, uh, you know, a lot of times you don't get shit like this anymore. Something this that stands the test of time. There's albums that come out, you know, by some of your favorite thrash bands. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 they're back. And I hear this song, but do you go back to it? That is the true question. Uh, You know, and this is one everybody goes back to because it's fucking killer. It's fucking rust and peace Polaris. And I, I love it when it kicks into that end, you know, Polaris. You know, you can totally tell the second half of the song. Uh, man, I mean, they just, they threw it all at the wall and everything stuck, man. Great and fucking album, great way to end it.
2: Another, another thing I want to bring up, this is the first song Dave Mustaine ever wrote.
0: Uh, the yes. drum part, the drum part that Nick Mensa plays in the beginning was in Panic, yep.
1: How you doing, Nitro? Good, good, you? Not too shabby, you having a good time? Oh yeah, how am I doing, good? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know you love me. Oh, I do, I do. <laughs> hey, you love Operation Mind Crime, and that's a good thing.
0: I think, well, I, I think like on all the episodes we've done, we've always had a pretty good flow between the three of us.
1: What's better, this, Operation Mindcrime, or uh, that Dream Theater album?
0: What Dream Theater album?
1: did we do a Dream Theater album?
0: No, we did uh, two Queensryche albums, Number of the Beasts, uh, Operation Mindcrime, and now this.
2: What's better, Number of the Beasts or any of these?
0: Oh, I would take Rust in Peace over Number of Beasts. Oh.
2: Who
1: did we do Metropolis with? Did oh, he
0: do that? You, No, you didn't do that with me. You did it with, um, what's this? You did it with, some, I can't remember who it was, but I remember, you know what? I remember Ian, Ralph was, I could tell he was like making a joke, but getting pissed that Ian has some guy doing like construction outside his house or something like that. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember. No, who the fuck, who the fuck did uh, that Dream
1: Theater album Dude, like? I
2: don't even remember doing that.
1: Was it no, the we, album? Guy, Seems was, of a was that, that horrible one? Metropolis album. Was it the um... Metropolis uh, Two or whatever yeah, it's called? A, oh
2: yeah. yeah, I kept getting the track listing wrong. Right? While we yeah. Doing it. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I thought We're that was enough. you.
0: Did you ever like listen it. to Awaken or um, Images and Words? Uh, I, those, I,
2: those I, are my favorites. I, I oh think yeah, I,
1: Awake, I, awake I, is so good. I, I think I have not part. it. I've really tried to? Dude, I've got like three fucking uh, Blu-ray. I really love the Dream Theater Budokan. That's a really good uh, video live album.
0: Ralph, what do you think just like real quick, um, I I think uh, that song Space Side Vest, it's pretty amazing, right? It's so so depressing, but great. Oh, my God.
2: I
1: I still think one of the best Dream Theater songs of all time is that uh, uh, the Nightmare song that opens up... uh, uh, it's
0: good, but I mean.
1: Oh, you're just... a fucking asshole. It's awesome. It,
0: I mean, it's a great, it's a really good song, but they've got some great stuff in that early
1: catalog. Uh, yeah, but, but it's all ruined by fucking Casio keyboards. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. We still. Yeah, you need to do Rest in Peace to end this. Yes, I do. All right, here we go.
0: Uh, Yeah, so going back to Rust in Peace, this uh, is a... Dave will be the first one to tell you, hey, not only am I amazing at guitar, but I also wrote that drum intro uh, in my first band, Panic. Uh, Rust in Peace, Polaris. I mean, this to me is my second favorite song on the album, very close to Holy Wars. It's a song that as much as like... People, Megadeth love the heavy stuff. I don't hear people talk about this song in particular. This song is a masterpiece. Um, kind of a similar structure to Holy Wars where it's a almost like a two-part song. Uh oh my god, the riffs, the vocals, the lyrics about nuclear war, Justin Childress thinking there's an N-word in there. <laughs> this you cannot end this album any better. And that riff like, oh my God, dude. Again, this song, I can't say enough great things. Nick Menz's drumming is on point. Um, Junior goes crazy in there. And I think to your point, Ralph, where you love the end so much, it's just because of the riff. It's like, I mean, it is off the wall, tight. It's so tight and so fat. It's unbelievable. Uh, Man, Rust in Peace Polaris. Love it, love it, love it. Way to close out my favorite Megadeth album, I'm the inverse of you guys, I would put Peace Cells number two, because just the technicality of this, they're both very close, but Rust in Peace is just a masterpiece
1: This album is tighter than Andrew Jacobs Wife's pussy, because there's never been a real cock in it
0: Of all time, this might be a top five guitar album, maybe top you know, like, it is that high (laughs) (laughs) The pussy joke?
2: I'm going to start playing Achy Breaky Hard under her now.
0: (laughs) But I love it, and I'm honored that um, you guys were going to do it with me. So, again, thank you to you guys as well. This has been a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, fuck you. Okay. (laughs) Don't cry for me, Argentina. You know I'm kidding, Nitro. I know. I I, I I love you, bro.
0: I thought you were going to Timbreen me. I was like, come on, man.
2: Oh, I made up with him, by the oh, way. Oh, I saw, I know. And I loved
0: him. But I know. I'm glad
2: all is... Well, you do, though. You made
0: up with him. Doesn't, doesn't mean, mean I love him. That's true. That's I true. made up with Ian, too, you know? Yeah, exactly. What about me? You love me still? I don't,
1: <laughs> like, right. I don't I, like I don't like Hermes, but I still have it, you know? <laughs> 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 all right, well, this album was released September 24th, 1990. Uh, produced... Uh, this, this is where it gets kind of controversial... Uh, produced by Dave Mustaine and Mike Klink. Initially, production credits were, you know, contri- you know said just Mike Klink.
2: Isn't that the guy who did Appetite for Destruction?
1: Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. And yeah. uh, and and Dave has come out and said in later years that he pretty much produced this with Max Norman. Max Norman engineered the album. Oh, uh, he was, mixed it, right? Yeah, 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 mixed it. I'm sorry, and he would go on to produce the next two Mega albums. Uh, but he said Mike Klink was way too involved with Use Your Illusions 1 and 2 and then spent a lot of time at the studio, and he says he did most of it. But I I don't know about that. I mean, I wasn't there, but all I'm going to say is this is hands down the best sounding negative out. They've never, ever sounded this good and precise. So I want to say Mike Klink had something to do with it. Because if it was just solely on Dave, then all the others would have sounded this good. Uh, I mean, would you guys agree that this is the best produced made of
2: album? Yeah, I mean, for my ears, I think it's the best sounding one, yeah. Yeah. It's
1: my
0: favorite sounding one because it's still a little raw, but I mean, if you're talking about technicality, I think Countdown's very clean and sounds very, you know, you can Uh. hear everything. This sound... The only thing about this album, it's a little, it loses a little bit in the, in the bass drum area. But I still yeah, love. Yeah, but,
1: but countdown is like, hey, let's take rest in peace to the mall, and go to the food court. Look, you uh-huh.
0: I agree with you. It's it's more polished. It sounds more produced. This still album has a little bit of rawness, which is why I like it the best.
1: Oh yeah, but I mean, I mean, that's the music. The music in this album had the rawness. It did make it to number twenty three. On the U.S. Billboard 200 chart, which was amazing for a thrash on back then, it did go platinum, and uh, is very highly regarded. Probably the most highly regarded uh, Megadeth album overall. If you if you want to go by you know if you add up the critics and the fan base, it' not my favorite Megadeth album. Uh, you know, I would say my favorite would be uh, the debut. Really more than P Cells? Uh, yes, I, I I love I love P Cells, but
2: uh You know I, I, I have I, to agree with Ian man. I, I like I like killing is more. Yeah. Well. Oh and, it, I thought it, and, I thought and, for you know, sure. And, and, Rust and, would be my third favorite. Yeah well well uh, that that's where I, I'm at. I, I think
1: uh well here here's the thing. Uh I think killing's killing is my business is their best. I think Peace Cells is probably their second best but I like this one just a little bit more if you look at it in the context of an album. I think there's stronger songs on Peace Cells but as an album that you listen to from start to finish, there's just something about the flow of
0: Rusty. It's the cover. It's the cover on uh, Peace Cells probably.
1: Well, well, no, no. Here's the thing. I, I fucking love. Yeah,
2: I don't. That's the yeah. Only part I, I, I
1: I, what I, love. I, I love Superstitious, and I cannot stand these boots. I think these boots are made for walking. is horrible. It's like fucking. It's right up there with Poison. Your mama don't dance.
0: See, I, I go the opposite
1: way. I yeah, like too, what they I did with these boots. Yeah, yeah I, No, no. I, 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 get it. I guess I'm in the there, but I love Superstitious. So I, I would go.
0: Uh, Rust in Peace, P-Cells, and then the debut. Like, that's how, and they're, okay. you know. I mean, I still highly regard that. It's, to me, one of the best debut albums ever, easily.
1: Right yeah. on. Right on. Well, th- this has been a great review, and uh, and I thank you, Mike, for joining us and for contributing. Uh, but now we go into Pick of the Week. And uh, Nitro, since you are our guest, what is your Pick of the Week? Well, I always try to think... You know,
0: really think it through. So, um, Chris Adler, who recorded drums on the last Megadeth album, uh, Dystopia, is in a band called Lamb of God. So, I'm not sure how many people like Lamb of God or not, but I'm going to go with what I consider their masterpieces as The Palace's Burns. It was thrash uh, for a new generation. I was in college when it came out and and these guys kind of picked up that torch and are huge mega fans as well. And, uh, as the palaces burn, it had the new age of thrash heavy as hell. And, uh, really, if you want a piss off album, this is it.
1: by, by college, do you mean user, university of Phoenix online or did No you community okay. college, homie. <laughs> uh, no, Hey, I went to community college too for one semester. So thumbs up brother.
0: Hey, I went for two years in your face.
1: Nice. Nice. All right. Well, my pick I went, of the week...
2: I went to Whole Foods Market today.
1: <laughs> my pick of the week. I have two pick of the weeks, uh, I should say. My first pick of the week is now. Uh, I really didn't get it first. And I was like, oh, this is a throwaway. But years later, I really appreciated it. And, and then. It... What's that?
2: Oh, you ate one Yeah, no.
1: Uh, but. Uh, kind of similarly titled, it's called MD45. Oh, oh yeah, interesting! Yeah. And it was a it was a side project that you know Dave was getting very disillusioned with Megadeth, and he was a very big fan of the band Fear, and did an album. It was him leaving from Fear. I believe Jimmy DeGrasso played bass. I mean, uh, uh, drums. I can't remember who played bass. Bobby Dahl Okay, yes. Bobby Dahl but uh, Nikki Six, at first, I, I didn't I didn't get it, and I was like, eh, you know, it, it, it's not as good as Megadeth, it's not as good as like Fear the Record. But then I really kind of grew to love it, and I think I loved it even more when Dave Mustaine re-released it and erased all of Lee Bing's vocals and put his own vocals on there because he's like, oh yeah, Megadeth fans want to hear me sing. And when I heard it, it stripped out. What Soul It did have was stripped out by having Dave sing it. To me, it was far better with Lee Ving singing. Uh, again, I think it's acquired taste. I think it's something not everybody is going to get on the first listen. But uh, I, I say give it a couple listens, especially if, if you like some punk. And uh, I, I, I think it honestly came from a good place. Uh, I don't know if the execution was perfect, but I I, I think it's a neat little weird record. And I, think I think
0: that's why he wanted to work with Jimmy DeGrasso when uh, they fired Nick Menza, too, because I believe right. he's on that album, right? Yeah,
1: yes, 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 yes. Jimmy DeGrasso's on drums, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's a neat little weird record. And as far as my second pick, uh, a lot of people look back to the album we just reviewed as that is the classic lineup. You know, That that is, you know, Dave and Dave and fucking uh, Marty Freeman and Nick Menza. But uh, I, I digress. I, I think this is an a- awesome album. But what you really need for a great Megadeth album is Dave Mustaine on fire, because he never uses anybody that's not a great musician. Uh, it just, it all comes down to Dave's songwriting. And to me, a perfect example of that is the last Megadeth album, Dystopia. Oh yeah, uh, I think is the greatest Megadeth album since Rust in Peace. And you know, the the only other two yet you got the two Daves, but you got a different drummer and you got a different guitar player. But I I really want to say, even though everybody knows this album more and it's considered more classic. I think dystopia is just as fucking good, and I couldn't believe that Megadeth put out an album that, that yep. great, especially coming off the back of the piece of shit that was Super Collider. Uh, you know, because they started doing better. You know, it started. You know, like I loved uh, what's that? Uh, the, 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 the one that was really a solo album.
0: Oh, uh, uh, System has failed.
1: Yeah, I like System has failed. Uh, I like. I liked half of uh, United Abominations, and then you know, Endgame had some shit. Thirteen, I, thought I was like,
0: Endgame was amazing. I mean, oh yeah,
1: amazing. I I loved Endgame, and then Thirteen came out, and I was like, eh, it's not as good as the last two, and then Super Collider came out, and I was like. Yeah, oh God, this is another fucking risk. I give up. They're it uh, terrified. It's not as bad, but it's not great. And, and, and then they come out with fucking uh, Dystopia, which, you know, as we're listening to this uh, or reviewing this, you know, like I said, I listened to this seven times. And Ralph called me up. He goes, hey, I'm going to be a little bit late. And I was like, well, you know what? I've listened to this album so many times. I've got my notes. I want to listen to Dystopia again because I haven't done it in a while. And I was like, fuck, is this good? God damn
0: is so. Oh,
1: oh dude. full oh. in the head. You know, it's a like, great one. Oh, man. I'd like to go back because we reviewed it, but it was like very new to me at the time. But going back and listening to it now with fresh ears, I was like, God, why am I not still listening to this album all the time? Because this is really good. And it just proved to me that as long as Dave Mustaine has a sense of purpose and a sense of fire, there's a Megadeth.
0: You know, you know so, as, um, so so
1: take your classic lineups and shove it up your ass. It's all about what Dave Mustaine is writing, you know. Dave
0: Nelson said uh, when they were doing that album that Dave Mustaine was like, "Look, if the fans are like this, I don't know what I don't know what they want." That's what he said. Is right. <laughs>
1: that right, To me, he did it. I mean, that's one I, I'd say, like, go back, you know, because I mean, it's it's just great Megadeth. Don't who gives a fuck who's playing on it just listen to it for what it is and if you like Megadeth you're gonna love dystopia that shit's awesome And, and he, hey there's a lot of songs on there that are like fucking anti-Obama and I could give a fuck I'd give a fuck if I agree oh, with what he's saying how great is
0: post-American world I mean I don't agree with it but it's a great song oh my right?
1: god but, that, but that's what I'm saying I don't give a fuck what he's saying politically I'm about the music and the music is fucking killer it's fucking killer to me it's true fucking megadeth and uh you know all these people you know i i love the last metallic album so many people bitched about that well if that wasn't heavy enough for you go listen to dystopia because that's another great thrash album by a classic thrash metal band i love it that is my co-pick of the week you
2: got something Ralph? Yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll throw in two as well. Um, first one, I, I, I may I may have had this as pick as a week uh, before, but fuck it, it's so good I'll bring it up again because it is Megadeth related because Dave Mustaine produced the first yes. Sanctuary album oh, Refuge Tonight. Yeah.
1: Great, oh, yeah. great pick.
2: Yeah, that's my pick of the week. He's amazing guitar solo. Dave does a guitar solo on their version of White Rabbit. Uh, World Dane rest in peace fucking sang like so high on that fucking album and it's it's awesome it's not thrash it's not traditional metal it's a little bit in between
1: the only song I don't like on it is White Rabbit (laughs) but I love everything
2: else oh I love I love when he's like little Alice is on drugs again and I you love that shit.
0: And you know what? And you can always tell Dave, like, even if you didn't read the liner notes, you can tell Dave is saying play the solo. He's got yeah. such a unique style.
2: And he does that little spider walk thing on it. You know? Yep. Just so awesome. So that's, and then my second peak since uh, Ian brought up Dystopia, I want to bring up Endgame, which I think doesn't get enough love. I think that album.
1: Was Head Crusher.
2: Like, yeah, what a song that is, dude. And and like I remember the first time I heard Endgame, I was like, "Dude, Megadeth hasn't done anything this good since Rust." That was a great, solid album, yep. except for the love song. But the rest of that album is so fucking good. It's so great, and uh, even like the songs that are kind of mid-tempo. The what is that second song, or something seconds. Um, oh I,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, nine, yeah. Nine, oh, oh, the song about the um bank The robbery? bank robbery. Yeah. That's All a right. great song.
2: Yeah, dude, that whole album, so good, and I saw that 44 tour. 44
0: minutes, I think it is, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Today We Fight, I think, is another one. Either. Yep. Oh, man, and the way it starts with that instrumental, very better than fucking uh, Set the World on Fire. I yeah, like,
1: yeah, that tele-chaos, yeah, oh, that's awesome. Man. And Chris
0: Broderick, who played in uh, Nevermore Before They Broke Up, was on that, you know?
1: Oh, yeah.
2: and and great guitar player. A great oh, yeah. Great guy, dude. That guy, man, when I met him. Super nice, super nice. And,
1: and and Sean Drover on drums, a great drummer,
0: you know. Uh, I, yeah, he's good, but I mean, I prefer Chris Adler.
1: Uh, is yeah, a little yeah, bit no, more no, straightforward. I, I like I like what what Sean. I like uh when he played with King Diamond. I like what he did here. Yeah, of course. He didn't play Ad- with
0: King. His brother played with King Diamond.
1: Oh, that's right. But uh. Uh, yeah, I'll, Chris Adler, yeah, is a different level, but I, I think Sean did great on that album. Oh yeah, you know, you know, you know, I, you know, it'd be like, hey, uh Gar is way more technical than Nick Menza, but I love Nick Menza, you know.
2: Yeah, and I love Ronnie James Dio, but I like Black Sabbath more with Ozzy, you know. And Ronnie James Dio blows him away as a singer, you know.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But, 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 and I love, you know, the Sabbath stuff. With yeah,
1: I'm not I, of I, I, I like Sean Drover better than Jimmy DeGrasso, you know, with Megadeth.
2: I like Deano more than Dickinson.
0: Oh, guys, you're killing me. I'm dying. Uh, uh.
2: What's your problem with science?
1: <laughs> you don't By like anyway. Deano?
0: Oh, no, I love, we talked about it. I love Deano. That's why Ralph said I'm not as big of a maiden. Fan as some of his friends who like Just Dickinson. No, I love both those guys. It's just I prefer the. Maybe it's because the the music. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I love the Power Slave stuff. Uh, I just. I mean, I always loved Bruce. Like he was my. Uh, you know, that's. not for
1: your eggie breaky shit. Let's go to <laughs> fan of the week.
2: Yeah, uh, I think he'd like piano more if his name was Diano Dickiano. He just likes Dick. That's true. Uh,
1: well, speaking of dicks, let's go to fan of the week. And fan of the week is here right with us. Uh, as long as he accepts it, uh, Michael Glanmire, Nitro Glycerin, man. Nitro.
0: Well, in the words of Ringo Starr, with peace and love, I'm going to reject fan of the week, and I'm going oh, to not shit. and I'm going to give. Since I'm part of the crew, I'm going to give it to Bill Wang. So I want Gina to tell Bill that he's fan of the week, so he listens this week. But Bill Wang, I love you, brother. You're fan of the week.
1: Man, why does everybody oh. reject my picks? I, I'm going to stop picking Fan of the Week, goddammit. I give up.
0: It's I almost like up. sex. It's not the same if you pay for it. Well, it's not?
2: Ne- next week, pick me, dude. I'd I love to be Fan of the Week. At least <laughs> All, right. I- All right. All right I-, I won't reject it, bro.
1: Finally, somebody likes attention.
2: I'm a fan of yours. <laughs> I just don't show it.
1: <laughs> On that note, let's go to the plugs.
2: Ear pillar the podcasting and interview news site to keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about
1: listen to the rock show with Gully and Joe go to all the W's Gully G-U-L-L-Y A-N-D-J-O-A dot UK 8pm UK time 3pm Eastern the rock show with gully and joe listen to it don't be a cunt
2: hey rock music fans this is terence reardon of the terence reardon and friends
0: Audiovisual podcast join yours truly as i look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life and i'm usually joined by a friend or two or ten and we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal
2: And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So if you want a great classic rock audiovisual
0: podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. New episodes every Monday exclusively on YouTube.
1: Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault. featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the Vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com.
1: From New York. Hey, 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 hey! What up, bangers! From North Carolina! Skitter Pal Meow Meow. This is Bushy. Bushy and the Mountain Man. Tune in every
0: week for your listening pleasure only on the plug with Bushy and the Mountain
1: Man. You can find us on Hotbean and iTunes. Thank you very much! This is Ian Wadley, Wadzilla from Wadzilla's World. Do you want to hear the greatest, most eclectic show on the internet? Show up for the best in hard rock, heavy metal, classic rock, funk, soul, and anything else i deem necessary. Wadzilla World, only on Cranium Radio, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be here or be a bitch. <coughs>
2: Welcome to the best fucking show you'll ever hear in your life. Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, The Dr. Fuck Show. Yes, tune in here at that metal station for The Dr. Fuck Show. I've been doing this show right here for years. And the chat room's always packed. The jams are always playing. And yeah, you may get a rant every freaking week from me. Fuck, not freaking. I don't want to say freaking. I mean fucking. So join me and my lunatics that are let out of the asylum here on that metal station, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Thursday nights. Join me. Let's lose our fucking minds.
1: All right. Well, if you liked that episode, come back next week when it's another person. Who paid to have his ass kissed on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast? Who is it? I'll tell you what, it ain't Andrew Jacobs, but it might be his wife on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast.
2: All right, fuck off, Nitro. All
1: right, love you. And if you tell my heart, my